So welcome everyone to another uh, very special episode of Hellhounds of Horror. We're privileged to have him on, it's a huge honour. Michael Myers himself, the new shape, James Jude Courtney. How are you today, sir? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I just finished work, so uh, I'm, I'm home now, which is all good. <laughs> I'm lucky I oh. never work. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're a very, very busy man, man. Oh, I don't know how you do it. You're a busy dude. Yeah, but they say if you do what you love, you never work. So a day in your life. So and Louis B. Mayer actually said, "Why grow up when you can make movies?" So those things put together, I'm basically a ten year old kid that never works and makes a little bit of money on the side. Fantastic. There you go. <laughs> You're absolutely right there. If you do something you love, it's never a work. So, but yeah, I mean, Halloween 2018 was a tremendous success. It was one of the one of the highest grossing horror movies, I believe. Um, which is fantastic, and uh, we, I, I personally saw it in theatres. I was so excited to see it. My question here really would be, how did you find out about the role of Michael Myers? Was this like a uh, an audition, or was this something where you just were you, you went for it? What was that like? Uh, no, I've already gotten to the place in my career where I am. Um, I'm focused on making my own films, and so um, basically, I had made the decision over 10 years ago that if um you know if i was going to work it was going to be because someone knew me or you know i was if someone sought me out and uh but i wasn't going to pursue anything and i have moved from los angeles back to south carolina where i'm from um and was just you know working on my films and and, and my stuff and um i knew halloween was going to shoot in uh in charleston south carolina mm-hmm. But, you know, again, I, I'm not I, I'm not in a place where I'm pursuing anything in terms of being in front of the camera. So um, what happened was the stunt coordinator, Ron Hutchinson, uh, once he read the script, he uh, called Malika Cod and uh, David Green, the director, and said, um, hey, guys, uh, this this script is different. You're going to need a really good actor and a, who's a really good stuntman. And there's not a whole lot of those guys around. And. And David Green said, well, he needs to be 6'3", 200 pounds. And, um, and Ron said, yeah, I know one guy. So, um, so they called me. Uh, I drove down to Charleston, which is about an hour and a half away, um, for, the, uh, for them to put me on tape. Um, and uh, I didn't even I, – I, I did a, a taped interview, talked about, you know, my stunt history, my acting experience, and – you know, my take on the character and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, a lot of movement. And then uh, I didn't even get out of the, the parking lot. And I got a call from Blumhouse in, uh, in Los Angeles. And they asked if I was available to uh, on the dates to shoot the film. And I hadn't even made it to the to the interstate, you know, five minutes away. And they called me back. And they're like, uh, so David, we wants to meet you. Come on back. And I said, yeah, yeah. So as far as I know, I mean, I know they considered uh, an older uh one of the older um, guys who played Michael Myers, but this is it was such a physically demanding show. They quickly realized they needed somebody who was really at the top of the game physically. As far as I know, I'm really the only guy they looked at once they right. saw me. So um, it was sort of it was it was meant to be. Yeah, it sounds like it. At, at that point, did you know that the likes of like Danny McBride were were joining on to sort of help write the movie? Was that something that was known at the time when you? Uh... We're in talks with them. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I was informed. I mean, so I was informed when I went down there uh, to meet them. I knew who I was meeting and I knew who I was, I was, um, I knew who I was dealing with. Right. Um, and, you know, those, and those guys, they, you know, their, their body of work speaks for itself. Interesting departure, though, from the work they've done. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think, um, honestly, my, my sort of opinion on it was uh, ever since Jordan Peele was, was in talks to do Get Out and the success of Get Out, it kind of changed the game because he was predominantly known for the likes of um, like Key and Peele, like his comedy work. And then he sort of made a pivot to, to sort of thriller horror movies. And and the huge success of that, I think, was a huge catalyst for for where we're at now with the likes of uh, like Nanny McBride and um, David Green. Uh, obviously known for their works on the likes of Pineapple Express. I mean, hugely successful successful comedy movies, and uh, that was a huge pivot for them. But ultimately, a huge payoff because it was a fantastic, fantastic movie, fantastic script. It was just great. First of all, comedy. Anybody who knows anything about you know stand up, uh, writing comedy for television, writing comedy for movies knows that it's extremely difficult. It's like extremely, yeah. extremely difficult. You had a very particular talent. But I think something that's more not as deeply appreciated maybe is the fact that in order for someone to write and perform and direct a you know, comedy at the level that Danny McBride, David Green, Jeff Radley, and all these guys do, um, they have to have tremendous insight into human nature because they have to really see the nuance of irony and 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 to make you know, to be able to make fun of ourselves as human beings. Well, that same nuanced view into the human condition is exactly you know I think what you need for successful horror because if you don't know how to you know just jump into a human being's amygdala and scare the fuck out of them, then you know then you, then you got crappy horror. You know what I mean? But but they understand human nature so deeply that um and and david i i remember this very clearly uh sitting after we just wrapped ha- uh, halloween kills and he uh was sitting there at a table with him and a couple of people and uh and he and i were talking about the philosophy of raising children and um and he you know he revealed which is really evident how empathic he is like if you right. feel it he's feeling it you know what i mean so he's such a deep empath that um you know, and all and, and all these guys. I mean, and you know, and Danny McBride, for instance, is not only a very funny guy; he's an amazing audience. He listens, right. so it made perfect sense that they would actually do or create what it is they created in 2018, and now with Halloween Kills. And I can tell you, man, Halloween Kills is—it's like it's going to be, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we jumped up the steroid, the steroid, steroid level on this one, so it's it's, it's pumped up. With the with the success of Halloween 2018 and as as great of a you know an answer it was to all the horror fans, there's been a whole lot of creative people that have seen the movie, like that have created all these custom figures, masks. Nair, every Halloween store during the season has your masks in it. You know your costume, you're just plastered everywhere. How's it feel to get all the all the love from the fans that got the creative ability to make a clay figure of you, a statue, or anything like that? You know, man, I, I think the beautiful part of it is, um, is especially when I go to conventions and, and I'm not soliciting gifts here, but, you know, it is really beautiful when fans take the time to make, and some of, some of the art that I've been given, um, the fan art is just stunning. I mean, just stunning. 
Um, and then there are, you know, then there are 10 year old kids who, who draw and crayon, you know, pictures. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I'm moved by all of it because, you, you know, um, for someone to give a gift or, or someone to express themselves artistically um, is an act of love. And, and, you know, so the conventions, the response I've gotten from the fans, it's, it's just a lot of love, man. If the whole world operated yeah. this way, dude, we wouldn't need militaries. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It's, it's awesome. No, that's, uh, you're, you're so right. I mean, we, we, we definitely know a lot of creative people. Um, even just doing this, like we've had the, the chance to meet a lot of creative people that are artists, like um, the, the guy that did our logo. He's just, he's a fantastic artist, digital artist. Uh, his name's Chubzilla. We, we've had we've had fan art and it's just so so humbling and and it's just to sort of to get that sort of that love from people yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's 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 insane it's it's really yeah. the talent yeah. of I mean, there's people. a lot of talented people out there i mean a lot yeah. of talented people you know driving ubers and you know standing behind a bar and and you know the guy who comes to fix you you never know who's a really gifted artist because they didn't necessarily follow that path to make a living but there are just, I mean, I'm blown away really at how many talented people are, are out there who are just work a day people doing regular jobs, but they happen to be able to paint or, you know, their, their, their sketch or music or you know, whatever. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just incredible. Speaking with, uh, speaking with art, another sort of form of art is the, uh, the special effects artistry that, that comes into play when the sort of promotion material for, um halloween started coming out when you were sharing likes of uh the practical effects on uh instagram i think there was a video of your hand exploding and just oh man that was such a such a cool thing what what was it like working with the creative team in order to get the mask sorted for the uh for the new movie man you know uh christopher nelson vincent van dyke um you know chris nelson is the one i worked with most uh but we went to van dyke's studios and so the whole Van Dyke Nelson team, I mean, and it's a big team. It's a lot of people, man. It's not just a couple right. of guys sitting around tinkering. I mean, and, but Christopher Nelson is just a profoundly talented artist. I mean, he is, his, his skill set is just so incredible. Not only that, his vision, not only that, his knowledge of horror, not only that, his knowledge of the Halloween franchise. I mean, mm. you know, I really considered that, it, you know, so I went out to Los Angeles to, to do the life mask, you know, so they could form the mat, make the mask to my, um, to my face. Um, I really considered through this process that Chris Nelson co-created this character with me. And, and we've talked about that. I mean, he's, he's a, you know, an amazing guy, an incredible musician, you know, incredible artist. It's, uh, you're not going to meet a kinder, gentler man. And he's, you know, he's like six, five, 300 pounds. And just <laughs> like, he could whip your ass muscle, but um, he's, you know, so yeah, we, he, we definitely, and, that, and I really feel that because when, when, when I actually put the mask on for the first time, um, there was a certain, a certain circuit connecting that hadn't been connected before, even though um, I'd already created the space that, that the shape lives in in my being um right so yeah no it's it, it's all it almost feels cosmic like even just as a as a fan of the halloween franchise like halloween was was one of the first horror movies i ever saw like getting to experience a halloween in theaters that was that was new and invigorating and really brought life to a character that 
had been done so often. It was just, it was so refreshing to see. And and that was a huge part of it was, was that one scene where you're putting the mask on as Michael Myers for the first time. Honestly, oh, that, gave, that gave me chills. <laughs> it was, um, I was actually uh, a very powerful moment for me. And it was a very powerful moment for everyone on set. I mean, everybody was, you know, there were, there was, there was there, you know, you get those whoa moments. And yeah. that was one of them. You know, oh, I can imagine definitely. So thank you, thank you. It was it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty pretty incredible. Oh yeah, it was it was such a profound moment in in horror history. I mean, it was uh, and with the likes of Nick Castle being involved in the uh, in in the movie, like that was just another sort of cosmic thing. He was involved in the very first Halloween movie, and what what was also like with uh, the likes of receiving the uh, the sort of praise and. Um, the, the praise from John Carpenter, who had originally created this character, was that like how how was that? Uh, you know, what? I, I if he said anything nice about me, I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he I you know met him, spoke with him. He's a salty old dog. We didn't talk about the character. We didn't talk right. about the films. <laughs> um, it, it, so if he said anything nice to me, I have have I have absolutely zero awareness of it he but see i don't follow what people say about me i don't like to see myself on film i don't read around reviews i don't you know i don't i, I just right. kind of stay removed and especially in this case because you know i have a three picture deal so you know so i don't the space that i created to 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 hold and manifest the vibration of the shape um i created prior to going down to meet david green prior to going down to read put on tape and nothing has changed since then. And I've never processed it intellectually. I've never, you know, right. the, and, and fans have asked, like, you know, well, is he is he pure evil or, or did he, you know, why <laughs> did he kill his sister? And, and I'm like, you know, that's 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 for y'all to figure out, man. I, I live in this space, you know. Well, so um, if he said something nice about me, honestly, I'd be surprised because he's a salty son of a bitch. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can I can imagine. Um, but yeah, it was it was sort of based on the in the movie itself. Apparently, when in comparison to the likes of the Rob Zombie uh, movie that was that was made, um, apparently it was something he wasn't too happy about. And just based on what I'd heard, I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently um, when David Green had sort of been in talks to do the Halloween, apparently it was sort of met with praise from from John Carpenter. So that, that's where I was sort of basing that on was just the movie in general was oh. something I partly received praise from uh, John Carpenter. It was one, he said it was one of the best ones. He oh, he's definitely did. happy with the, with the product. And, um, and he's, uh, you know, and he jumped in to, you know, for the, for Halloween kills, he's, you know, doing the score again. And, you know, by the way, you know, Nick Castle did a scene in the original one. I mean, in the 2018, um, you know, and we did a lap over scene, you know, where when when she pulls up and looks up in the window, she sees the shape, right? Well, when yeah. she looks up in the window, that's Nick Castle. But yeah. when they shoot the, the, the mirror out, that's me. Um, uh. And so we had that 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 pass so that that the passing of the baton. It's the only scene that Nick did. Um, it's the passing of the baton, and it was sort of designed that way. But also, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm I'm an actor stuntman, and the projectile that they used, the the gun was, you know, like a few feet behind me, and was, you know, within inches of my head to to hit the mirror. And you know, that's not Nick Castle's wheelhouse, that's mine. So, right. Um, but it's really beautiful. We got to have that passing the baton, and uh, and by the way, Nick and I are just awesome friends. Um, and so he came back for Halloween Kills, and we have we get to do another homage in a sort of way where he and I inhabit the same scene for for a moment. And, Fantastic. Um, 
it's awesome, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I can attest to that as well. I, I had the uh, the pleasure of meeting you both at Monstermania last year, and um, uh, Nick's just uh, it was the first time I'd ever met him, and it, he was just he did not disappoint. I've heard some fantastic stories about Nick Castle, and it, it was just a, a great experience. And watching watching both you sort of interact together, it was as if you were you'd been friends for a lifetime. It was it was really just incredible to see from a fan perspective. So so thank you for that. I mean that's. That's just it's phenomenal. He actually brought me a T-shirt from Charleston, uh, a little barbecue place called Nick and Jim's. And, um, <laughs> you know, and he's like, "Yeah, dog, we're, going, we're doing a dog and pony show. It's called the Nick and Jim Show. The question is, who's the dog and who's the pony?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! I can't believe there's a there's a barbecue spot called Nick and Jim's. That's that's incredible. I get then this movie just filled with so many cosmic moments. So I mean, that's just another another caveat to it, which is which is fantastic. Yeah, he's. He, I mean, I really consider him a, a very good friend. We talk regularly on the phone. We constantly, you know, we send messages back and forth to each other. Um, yeah, he's and and uh, you know, when when we get the chance to work together, uh, you know, when we we get to go to a convention together, um, it's always late night with one or too many bottles of wine. You know, it sounds incredible. Got a, a bunch of questions from uh, fans of yours on the Instagram. If cool. you are willing to answer a few of them. We've got quite a few, but we'll kind of shorten it because you're a really, really busy man. The first one that's on here is from the horde, and he wants to know: Was there anything that worried you taking on the role of Michael Myers? Not, not, a, not a bit. I never, I never gave it a thought. Once I, um, once I knew I was going to uh, meet David or you know go down to Charleston and meet somebody to uh, to talk about doing this film, um, I watched the original one time. Um, oh, amazing! You, you know, it, it's it's about you know it's about being empathic, really. So I watched Nick Castle. I didn't like study him. I didn't practice his move, the way he moved. No, all I did was just sort of reached into the energy that he created, keeping in mind that he's a, you know he's a highly creative individual. So um, you know he he intuitively created the shape um, right. based you know of course on the brilliant writing of, of you know of Deborah Hill and, and John Carpenter, but. Um, so there's a moment where he's walking camera left to camera right, and uh, you know, in my mind, in my heart, I just went, I got it. So once I captured that that essence, that energy, um, that's what dictated the way I moved. That's what dictated my approach to everything. That so it was it was it was inner driven. Um, but you know, this is my wheelhouse. I mean, this is what I do, and so. Um, I can honestly say uh, during doing that film, uh, doing Halloween Kills, you know, certainly during 2018 when I had never done the character before, um, I experienced not one nanosecond of, of anxiety or stress. Um, oh. It's because I was living in that space. Um, now, uh, when I went to the premiere, I sweat my ass off. <laughs> I don't like watching myself. You know, that's when I was scared shitless. But but you know, so no, I mean, I, I mean. Um, if I if I look back at my life and the athletic experiences I had, and the, you know, martial experiences and and, and, the, and the deep acting training, you know, Stella Adler and and um, you know the, the I had a private coach in the Royal Academy, Ron Ray, and you know, so like all the work I've done culminated in for me the perfect storm of playing the shape because it, it fed into everything that I've worked on my entire life that right. brought me to this place where. I just had this space that existed in me already. So it was an awesome place to live in. Incredible place to live in. 
I mean, I'm getting chills all over again, man. That's a that's a fantastic answer. Thank you for that. So we we we've got another couple of questions here. A lot of them are sort of similar. Sure. You've answered already. Um, so we've got one here from uh, Serena Bobinas, and this this is actually not Halloween related. A lot of them are Halloween related, but uh, um, she's asked how how was filming with Rose McGowan for Devil in the Flesh? Is there any stories from on set in relation to that? <laughs> None that I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> she she was amazing. She's she's such a sweetheart. Yeah, it was it was fun. We're shooting down in uh in the hood and um uh it, it was um yeah it, it was just i mean she was just you know the funny thing is is i mean you know i guess some people have these ideas of uh or they have images of who these performers are especially when they're stars or especially when they're beautiful like rose mcgowan um but you know you you find um in my business you know when i've worked with people like andy Garcia and tom cruise and ron howard and you know, you find that these, you know, these people, they're just like you and me, man. I mean, we're all just human beings. You, you know, some people are dicks. Most people are really awesome. And Rose McGowan was really freaking awesome. We, we actually interviewed Darren, uh, Darren Stein. He, he directed a movie called Jawbreaker, which uh, Rose McGowan's in. And uh, he, he just has wonderful things to say about her. Him, uh, her and uh, Marlon Manson. So, because they were together at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, the, you know, the thing is, is like, you'll find, and it's, it's uh, you know, I found this working with Tom Cruise, with Rose, with, uh, with Anthony Garcia, with, you know, with, I mean, some of the people that I've worked with, um, you you really find out who they are pretty quickly because the work is tough. It's really, yeah. really tough. And almost immediately, there's going to be demanding situations. Things are going to go wrong. Something uncomfortable is going to be asked of you because of this or that. And you pretty much see who's willing to pick up a shovel and dig and who's going to bitch and moan. And the bitching and moaning doesn't really happen very often. Usually the people that are there like Rose um, are there to like, to just do everything they can to make the show as beautiful as it possible to be. So, um, you know, like I I told Danny, uh, David, uh, David Green after this last one um, and from the cast, I, I was like, you know, you're the best director I've ever worked with. And, and the reason is because he leaves, you know, he checks his ego at the door and he elicits and solicits creativity from any and everywhere possible. And, you know, he's like, of course, it's a choir. Without, without one voice, then we might not have the perfect, you know, the perfect combination of voices. So we have to allow all our voices to, to resonate. And, and I think, you know, so you look at people like Rose and that's what you get. And that's why she's, you know, the brilliant performer she is. Uh, there's two questions here that are kind of in the same topic. So I'm going to throw them in the same same form of question. We got Churalicious here, who's a massive Myers fan. She wants to know, can she marry you? And Ellen wants to know, are you single? <laughs> <laughs> so the first question, you can ask her how much money she's got. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, I, 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 I keep my, uh, my personal life very private. Um, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. I've. Uh, it's funny how um, they. It, it's. It's really been uh, charm. Uh, charming and um, and sometimes very funny and you know some the, the approaches that some women have taken to um, um, you know to the character uh, to me. Um, I, I'm flattered by all of it. Um, um, somehow I know that I always end up being where I need to be and um, 
so to both of you, I'm flattered. Um, um, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, when when I saw these questions, I I laughed. I was like, wow, there's there's two questions. I don't think we've ever had a marriage proposal on the show, so this is a okay. this is a first. Uh, dude, I, I could tell you stuff. I mean, you know, women want me to wear the mask and and do them. I mean, it's yeah. It's, um, <laughs> Yeah, which, you know, come on, really, man? I mean, so, <laughs> but I mean, but, you know, everybody has a fantasy and, you know, I love women. So I, 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 I appreciate the attention, right. um, but, you know, uh, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. And it's great that people have the freedom or feel the freedom to entertain those thoughts or to, you know, um, I, I kind of sort of believe in, in, um, a spiritual sort of resonance that happens in the planet. I'm going to meet the right person at the right time. And, you know, whether it be a friend or business partner or a lover or, you know, I mean, I, I, I will say this, I don't have kids yet. And I knew, I knew in fourth grade, um, I, I had these epiphanies in fourth grade and I, I started making movies in fifth grade, but I knew in fourth grade, I was going to make movies for a living. Somehow I figured out reincarnation. I can't even tell you how I figured that out. And, I knew that I was going to be an older man, marry a much younger woman, and have kids later in life. And so I finally, I'm 63 years old right now. Um, and oh, you know, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very fit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still really, really strong. My blood work is through the roof crazy young. So um, I, I'm finally feeling mature enough to maybe grow up one day and have a family. So that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> well, that's, that's a perfect answer. Well, I appreciate that. I'm sure uh, I was at least 45, 50 years old. But, yeah. <laughs> well, my friends tell me they don't look a day over ninety, but, <laughs> but that, that, that's why they're my friends. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, so we we got a question here from uh, M Song B Punk, which is uh, if you could play any other slasher icon, who would it be? Wow, you know, I mean, there 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 are so many iconic characters. Um, I I I wouldn't want to play any other one. Because I think this one is so sacred. Um, this experience Absolutely. is so sacred. I've been so honored to play this character. However, I, I think for me, um, Robert England's portrayal of Freddy Krueger has, has always been just super, super powerful. Um, mm. but, but again, they, there are so many, there are so many iconic characters and, and, you know, and, and wonderfully powerful actors who have played, um, yeah, I mean, so so I really wouldn't um, play another character because I've done this one, but I, I mean, and maybe it has something to do with movement, which you know, right, um, draws me to to Robert England because it's it's you know to me that's the much of the essence of what I what I was um, blessed to be able to do with Michael Myers is I think um, I sort of resonate with with Robert on that on that level. One of my last questions are: Is what was it like working with Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis? <laughs> oh man, you know, like the superlatives are endless. Um, she is a remarkably intelligent, remarkably beautiful, remarkably uh, present and talented human being um, who doesn't fuck around, doesn't suffer fools gladly, but. She is so self-deprecating and so unimpressed with herself. Wow. Um, she is so 100% in, I mean, honestly, dude, in, 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 okay. In this, in this day and age of hashtag me too, and this has, in this, in this day of, of, 
empowering females, I would say Jamie Lee Curtis is the poster child for an empowered woman. Oh, she is man. solid as a rock. You know, I mean, she is what I would say to every you know woman out there, like, get to know Jamie Lee Curtis, because if you want to be a powerful woman, that's who you want to be. She's amazing. She is freaking amazing. We have definitely communicated. We and and, and on very deep levels, and she's a very spiritual woman, and and, and she's lived through a lot. And and um, but we we have and we spoke about this after this last movie. We're sort of holding off on uh, on a deeper friendship, on on a deeper level of communication, on, on a more continuous level of communication, because we have one more film to do. Right. And so, for instance, in, the, in this last film, I didn't even see her. I never saw her once. Okay. And um, and at the end, the very last day, um, when we were doing photo shoots, we were supposed to shoot together. But then they made the decision not to put us in the same room together. And she was running around and goes, where's James Jude Courtney? Where's James Jude Courtney? But they they, they didn't send me in until after she was gone. And, and so we talked afterwards and we're like, you know, maybe this is better because we've got this next one to do. And the next one, I mean, this, this is Halloween. Halloween Kills is 2018 on steroids. Wow. Halloween ends is going to be freaking, I mean, it goes to a whole other level as well. And so oh, this dance that, that Lori and I are doing is it's, it's pretty freaking gnarly, man. I'm so excited. Honestly, I'm so fucking pumped for this movie <laughs> for the next two, man. I, I was, I was pumped ever since I saw uh, that they're going to make it another two. Even just the promotional artwork was just, oh. it's, it's, it just really pushes some boundaries. And the thing is, is, you know, like with great artists, when you work with people like David Green and Danny McBride, um, you know, great artists have a, have a have a real strong feel for which boundaries to push. Right. I mean, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I'm certain there are people who watch 2018 who are Halloween fans or maybe maybe the zombie films are their favorite and maybe, you know, H2O, whatever, mm-hmm. maybe another one would have, was a favorite. And I'm sure there's, I'm, I haven't spoken to any of them, but I'm sure there are people who didn't like my performance or didn't like what, you know, some choices David made as a director, but by and large, I think when you look at the intuitive um, collaborative experience that David and Danny create, David, especially David, creates this incredibly collaborative place and the writing again was just just really was just beautiful there's so much nuance in it there's there's humor in it there's um but you know um we're we're pushing the envelope on some of the things for Halloween kills and and it's it's and we're going to push it again so but dude what do you mean if we just do the same thing over and over then you know what are you paying your 15 bucks for you know (laughs) you guys in the theater i mean you know, I mean, you want to be challenged. You want to, um, we want, we want the audience and the fans to be invested. We want them to have, you know, to, to create dialogue. And it's really cool to go to cons and, and especially the, the Q and A's because um, you get to have this dialogue with people that, you know, like I can't necessarily do it at a table in a con because there's not much, you know, I, I, if I've got a two hour line to meet people, I, I can't spend five or seven or 10 minutes with every person. Right. I spend as much of time as I can, you know, have a little bit of a conversation, whatever. So it's like this kind of thing really, um, really is what helps, uh, you know, what helps uh, make this all worthwhile is when we get to discuss and, and, know, and I get to, you know, um, like, 
tap into what the fans are thinking or you know what what are the questions based on what their perception of the film was and, and that means that it affected them that means that they you know they that somehow some way they're putting this construct together in their mind and so um yeah, so it'll be interesting to see because we're definitely pushing the envelope in Halloween Kills. Oh man, I'm so I'm so fucking pumped, honestly. I'm so excited to see it. That's going to be another two movies I'm going to go and see in the theater, and especially in this sort of day and age where a lot of people are just not going to the theaters, which is an unfortunate thing because it's just such an ex- an experience. It's a visceral experience by going to see your favorite horror movies. It's sort of reminiscent of back in the day, but. Just the the, yeah. the pricing of, of the movie theaters is sort of what's put, putting people off, but I think with with these with these three with these three movies, I mean, I think that's breaking people out of that boundary. Those are ones that you have to see in the theaters, and uh, I think I've got Halloween yeah. twenty eighteen. I've got like two two or three versions of it. I've got like a steelbook. I've got the Blu-ray. <laughs> there was a uh, uh, you know after after the dust settled, it was still um, I think it was probably early November in in twenty eighteen. Um, a local theater um, did a screening. Uh, they, they offered a screening to me for family and friends, which was really beautiful because I, you know, I have six brothers and nieces and nephews and 36 first cousins, not to mention all our family friends. And, you know, so there's a lot of people packed into this freaking, you know, and it was, and I mean, it was like the fire marshal would have had a, had a bitch fit. It was a big theater, but the aisles were filled, people were sitting on the stairs. It was, you know, you know, my mom is this, you know, she's in her, she's in her mid eighties and, and she, um, nice, sweet Catholic woman. She's sung New Year's Day mass for two different popes and sung in cathedrals all over Europe and America. And she has all her church lady friends with her. And, you know, at a certain point in the movie, it's like super dead quiet. And all of a sudden you hear this church lady go, shoot the son of a bitch. It's like, so how cool is that? That, you know, it's just like, little old church lady who probably never saw a horror film in her life you know what i mean but she went with my mom because she's my mom's friend and and, right. uh, and you know to let you it's just so it's you never know man it's and the, and the response we've had too like how cathartic especially watching horror films can be and i and i have you know okay i've got to say this because i've met so many horror fans i find them to be the gentlest most peaceful sweetest people on the planet and i i've developed this theory that there's a catharsis that happens when people with people who watch horror, it's like somehow they exercise their, you know, we exercise our demons, um, our, our need for violence, our need for whatever, by watching these films by, by, and, and so we don't walk around with the same pathos that people who like watch the Avengers do, or who, you know, are like into, you know, um, action films or whatever, you know what I mean? There's a, there's definitely a, a marked difference. I mean, it's different. Some of the, some of the even some of the horror icons like you'll see Kane Hodder running around at conventions and Robert England and um, everyone just thinks of these horrible people because they play such monsters on film and and when you meet them they're just some of the the sweetest gentlest just most caring individuals that you've ever had the, the chance to meet so and the horror fans are are definitely like that too the horror fans for sure yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and I have to say man I've, I've I have trained you know like a lot of my friends. Um, are you know world champion fighters and and i've trained with forces guys who are my friends you know like navy seals and my dad was airborne and so you find and my dad i'm going to say was one of the kindest men you'll ever meet in your life he was also a badass warrior you know and, and i think what you find is um you know in terms of looking at people who play these characters or people in real life live you know sas and and navy seals and you know whatever um I, I think you'll find that sometimes the nicest guys or girls are the ones you really got to look out for. Right. You know? Yeah, of course. 
Right. Well, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't really have any questions. Um, a lot of the questions we got on Instagram are ones that you'd, you'd already given fantastic answers to. So, but yeah, I'm, and James, thank you very much for joining us. We it's been a huge honour having you on. You're always welcome to come back on when you've got some some spare time after <laughs> the next couple of couple of movies coming out. But you're always welcome on the show uh, to promote any any sort of thing that you've got going on, man. It's been a huge honour. So thank you for that. Thank you, man. It's it's been a real pleasure, and uh, it. it and, uh, and thank your, your fans for, uh, you know, for, first of all, for, for joining your podcast, because it seems to be to me to be the way that, you know, the, 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 the world is communicating now. It's more intimate. You know, it's more of a community. So it's really great to connect with you guys and your community and to, you know, to know that we're all part of a larger community that, that, um, that enjoy and love and support each other. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, James. Anyone that wants to sort of find out more information about the movie or uh, about your sort of life in general, do you want to plug any of your sort of social media where anyone can find you and oh, yeah, get some you updates know, on it, you? It's easy enough. It's uh, uh, hashtag James Duke Courtney and, um, and James Courtney.com. If you, if you go to my, uh, if you go to my website, James Courtney.com, you can, you know, you can connect with um, anyways, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, that's all there. So, um, yeah, and, and that, that being said, uh, you know, uh, I look forward to you guys sharing um, that with me um, on my social media once you guys have your podcast all set up and, you, and once you roll that out. That'd, that'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely send that along, man. Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I've really enjoyed it, guys. You're awesome. Thank you, too, man. You have, you have a good rest of your evening and definitely good luck with the future. We can't wait to see, uh, can't wait to see Halloween 8, 2018 on steroids. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're going to disappoint, man. <laughs> All right. Appreciate right, it. Have an awesome Thank night. You. you too, yeah. man. Peace. Thanks. Well, thanks very much for joining us, guys. If you'd like to keep up to date with the Hellhounds, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hellhounds of Horror. There, you can also find links to our individual social media pages. Be sure to give us a follow on your favourite streaming platform to stay up to date with any new episodes. And we're available on Google, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, and more. We'll catch your asses down the road, and remember, you know where you can always find us? Deep in the pits of hell. <laughs>